Mercy, mercy, mercy. Perhaps on occasion you heard someone say an expression like that, and depending where you came from, it generally meant things like, uh, it was almost like saying, amen, 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 or hallelujah, 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 although they spoke the word mercy. Uh, many years ago, some people, again, in some cultures, used to say, mercy me, mercy me. And well, what did they mean by that? Well, really, they just meant, God have mercy on me. Some of you jazz fans, some of you jazz fans out there, anyone a jazz fan? I know some of you are. Well, those of you who are jazz fans might know that Mercy, Mercy, Mercy uh, is a jazz song written by Joe Zawinul back in 1966, which became a surprise hit. In fact, Mercy, Mercy, Mercy went to number two on the soul chart. Uh, if some of you who are jazz fans want to let me know that uh, you're uh, into jazz music, uh, let, let me know, would you? All right. Well, we have been in a series of messages called Pursuing Godly Goals from James chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. In the past messages, the scripture has challenged us to, for instance, to pursue the godly goal of inward purity, inward purity. Pursue also the godly goal of being peace-loving, okay? Peace-loving, and the godly goal of gentleness. And um, last week we spoke of pursuing and, and having the willingness to be open, to be open to reason and, and yield, given to others. And today, today, my friends, our topic is mercy, all right? Mercy, mercy, mercy is something beautiful. Listen to the scripture, James 3, verse 17. Here it is. But the wisdom from above, from God, is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy. Wow. All right. What is mercy? Sometimes we use words, and when we try to actually define them, it's not so easy. Or sometimes we think we know, but we really don't. What is mercy? Well, most of the English translations translate the Greek word as full of, of mercy, full of mercy. A few translations like Good News Bible and the um, Weymolith New Testament says full of compassion, just for your interest, full of compassion. The New Century version of the English Bible says ready to help those, ready to help those who are in trouble. And I like how the Message Bible puts it. It says, overflowing, overflowing with mercy. This part of our Holy Bible was orig originally written in Greek, which has been translated, of course, into English for your benefit and mine. What does the original Greek word mean? which is translated full of mercy or full of compassion. 
What does, does it mean? The original Greek word is elios. In English, we would spell it E-L-E-O-S. The Greeks defined elios as pity, pity for the person who is suffering unjustly. Pity for the person who is suffering unjustly. Christianity, however, don't stop there. Christianity, however, means far more than, than that by elios, which is translated mercy. It means more than what I just said. Dr. William Barclay beautifully says, in Christian thought, elios, that's the Greek word, means mercy for the person who is in trouble even if the trouble is his or her own fault. How do you like that? All right? It means mercy, mercy for the person who is in trouble, even if the trouble is his or her own fault. Dr. Barclay continues to say this. He says, Christian pity is the reflection of God's pity. And that went out to people, not only when they were suffering unjustly, but when they were suffering through their own fault. We are so apt, he says, we are so apt to say of someone in trouble, ah, it is his own fault, or it's her own fault. He brought it on himself, and therefore to feel no responsibility for him or her. He says, Christian mercy is mercy for any person who is in trouble or in need, even if he or she has brought that trouble on himself or herself. Have you ever thought about that? That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Now, most of us probably agree with showing mercy by helping a person who is in need, and especially, especially if they are suffering unjustly. Would you agree with me about that? Say, uh, say amen wherever you are watching or listening. Or as my son-in-law, Pastor Yanni, would say, go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Please stick with me. Stick with me now. I just told you that in Christianity, the Greek word ilios means not only showing mercy for the person who is in trouble or in need, but showing mercy even if the trouble was their own fault. Now that is even more difficult, isn't it? It is. Sometimes, sometimes I've heard people say things like, well, you know, my brother or my sister is in trouble, in real need, but it's all their fault. Yep, it's all their fault. They brought it on themselves, and so I'm not helping them even though I could. They got themselves into the mess, and they can live with the pain. It's their problem. I'm not helping them. Too bad. So sad. Yeah, sometimes I've heard people say that and think it, and maybe you have as well. All right? I'm sorry to tell you, if ever you have said that or thought that, I'm sorry to tell you that you are not showing very much mercy 
if ever you said things like that to someone or they ran through your, your brain. When I discovered that Christian mercy means helping someone even if the trouble was their own fault, do you know what I thought about? Of course, you don't know what I thought about until I tell you. Here's what I thought about. I thought about the young men and sometimes young ladies who stand at the side of the highway exit ramps, here in Toronto anyway, with empty coffee cups asking drivers for money who are stopped at the light. You're kind of like a captive there. Nowhere to go. Now years ago when people first started doing that here in Toronto, I used, I used to give a loony, a toonie, or $5 or $10 to, to many of the people with the coffee cups if I was stopped at the highway exit ramp. In fact, I, I kept a supply of toonies and loonies on me just, just to help highway exit coffee cup people. After, uh, after a few years, I thought to myself, Nicholas, you shouldn't be helping these people who are begging at the highway exit ramps. I thought, it's their own fault for not having money. Most of them seem to be very healthy. They're in their 20s, uh, 30s. You know, they look in great shape. They can get a job. There are plenty of jobs in Toronto. Why are they at these highway exit ramps, slowing down traffic sometimes? I thought to myself, by me and others helping them, we're just supporting their laziness. I'm not telling, I'm not saying my thinking was right, I'm just telling you, kind of, I'm just being honest here, it's kind of what I thought sometimes. It, I thought it's, it's their fault for being lazy. Well, for the last few years, I stopped giving money to people at the highway exit ramps, unless it was an elderly man or an elderly woman, or if, uh, if it were a mother with a child or two, in those cases I continued to give and, and give very generously. And I'm not saying I did the right thing by not giving to the young adults. Some of you might disagree with me, it's okay. I'm just kind of being honest with you here. All right? As I was preparing this message, you see, what you have to remember is when we pastors prepare these messages, they probably hit us harder first and hopefully hit you as well in, in a positive way. But as I was preparing this message and was reminded that Christian mercy <clears throat> means helping someone even if the cause of their need was their own fault, I thought of the young men and young women at highway exit ramps begging with coffee cups and I said to myself, Nicholas, I should call myself Nico. My mother calls me Nico. That sounds nicer, I think. Don't you think? Anyway, I should call myself Nico. You need to start helping those young adults, even though in many cases it's their own fault for not having money. Well, since preparing this message on mercy, <laughs> I'm now looking for people at highway exit ramps. I used to try to avoid them. I'm now looking for people at highway exit ramps ready to put some money in their coffee cup 
In fact, I went to the bank and bought a whole roll of, of loonies. Bought a whole roll of loonies in stock. Um, I, by the way, I'm now, I'm now not only driving with, with toonies and loonies on me, but I am also driving with gospel tracks. Yep, I'm driving with gospel tracks in my car so that when I put some money in their empty coffee cup, I'm also putting a gospel track in that cup. Maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit will use the gospel track to help turn their mind and heart towards faith and trust in Jesus. Amen? Let it be. Let it be so, Lord. I, ho I hope so. I pray so. Am I, uh, am I saying you too should give to young adults holding coffee cups at highway exits? No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying to you. Just do it if the Lord directs you to. I'm just telling you that this is one way in, in, which, in which the truth of mercy impacted me while preparing this message. As I was thinking about mercy, um, the fact that it means helping someone, even if the cause of their trouble was their own fault, I was remembering how in, in our Rosewood Church of the Nazarene family, I have seen various families or various parents helping their own grown-up son or grown-up daughter who got into a lot of problems, helping them, even though it was their own fault. I also thought of various wives or husbands who were very merciful towards a husband or wife who got into a lot of trouble, and it was their own fault. I just simply want to commend, that's right, I want to commend many of you who have been showing a lot of mercy to different people long before you heard this message from Pastor Nick Stavropoulos. And I just want to say congratulations to you. Way to go. Keep it up. Keep it up. And continue to multiply your acts of mercy. Amen? Now here is something else about mercy which caused me to say, wow, that's awesome. It really is. All right? Stick with me and you'll see why. Yeah. I told you what the, what the Greek word translated mercy means. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about the Hebrew word for mercy, okay? The Hebrew word for mercy is hesed. In English, we, we actually spell it C-H-E-S-E-D-H. Now, I'm not sure if I'm totally pronouncing it right, uh, but uh, I, I believe the best pronunciation is, is hesed, all right? If someone knows better, you can phone me and tell me. I'm always happy to learn. Now, one Bible scholar, um, uh, yes, I believe it's Dr. William Barclay, says hesed means not only, not only to sympathize with a person in the popular sense of the term, it does not mean simply to feel sorry for someone in trouble. Hesed, mercy, means, now listen to this. L listen to this. Hesed, mercy, means having the ability 
to get right inside other people until we can see things with their eyes, think things with their minds, and feel things with their feelings. Wow. That's deep. That's deep. I'm asking our technician to put that quote on, on the full screen for you, okay? Chew on that definition for a moment. It's just, it's just awesome, okay? Hesed, mercy, means having the ability to get right inside other people until we can see things with their eyes, think things with their minds, and feel things with their feelings. Wow. Wow. When was the last time? When was the last time you or I really tried to get inside another person until we could see things with their eyes, think things with their minds, and feel things with their feelings. When was the last time we did that? Sometimes when we really try to get inside another person so that we see things with their eyes, think things with their minds, and feel things with their feelings, sometimes the truth is it can be very painful right? It can be very painful. This year of 2020 marks 75 years since the first atomic bomb was dropped on Hiroshima, Japan, on August 6, 1945. Then on August 9, 1945, a nuclear bomb was also dropped on Nagasaki, a city 421 kilometers away from Hiroshima. The two bombings killed. No one knows exactly. No one knows the, the exact figures. But the two bombings killed between 129,000 and 226,000 people instantaneously or over the following weeks and months from injuries or from the radiation. Sadly, most of the deaths were civilians. Now, I don't like that word civilians because really what it means is it's people like you and me. All right? It's people like you and me. Thousands more died from the atomic bomb aftermath in the decades that followed. Some of you may have seen this. I hope you did. A television documentary was made called Hiroshima. By the way, if you don't know how that's spelled, that's H-I-R-O-S-H-I-M-A. So a documentary was made called Hiroshima, 75 years later. Recently, as I started to watch the documentary late one evening, 
I saw, oh, oh my, it, it was just heartbreaking. It was, it was heartbreaking. I, I saw the total devastation of Hiroshima, and worse still, worse still, I, I saw so many precious people soon after the blast, badly injured, badly burned from the atomic bombs. The documentary had video from 75 years ago. Yes, they had video back then. Not as fancy as today, but yes, there was video. I had not intended to do this, but I began to see things through the eyes of the dear people who were bombed. I began to, to think things with their minds and feel things with their feelings to the point to the point where I could no longer watch the documentary. Oh, it was agonizing. It was deeply painful. And I was just the viewer. I couldn't watch it. In fact, I had to change the channel. I or I turned it off, I can't remember one or the other. Anyway, I, I believe I changed the channel because it was just so difficult to watch. And then after a few minutes, I, I felt I had to go back to watching Hiroshima 75 years later. I felt I needed to watch it so that I, I had, I had a, a real understanding of the terror, of the terror and the consequences uh, of the atomic bombs. And, and it was just so, so, so heartbreaking. So heartbreaking. That's all I can say. And if you saw it, you understand what I'm talking about. In the documentary, Robert Oppenheimer, who is often called, he's called the father of the atomic bomb. He played a major role in developing it. After seeing the devastation of the cities, Hiroshima, Nagasaki. After seeing the, the deaths and the agony of people, Robert Oppenheimer said, oh, he said, he hoped, he hoped atomic bombs would never be used again. And uh, I hope, I hope that if any leader of any country ever thinks of using an atomic bomb again, I, I wish they would sit down and watch Hiroshima 75 years later with the hope that any leader would then say, we must never, never use an atomic bomb again. We must never develop them. Soon after the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, as many of you probably know, World War II. World War II came to an end. It came to an end. But 75 years later, there are still a lot of emotional, physical, and structural, and environmental scars in Hiroshima and Nagasaki and that whole area. 75 years later, I got into the story of Hiroshima 
Because I was telling you that the Hebrew word of mercy is hesed, C-H-E-S-E-D-H. And it refers to the ability, the ability to get right inside other people until we can see things with our eyes, think things with their minds, and feel things with their feelings. And I speak these words because if you, if you and you and you and you and you and all of us, if you and I will do that, I believe we will be, we will be inspired to be a greater help, a greater help to other people, and we will be moved to, to not say or do things which will unnecessarily hurt another person, whether it's physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, or whatever way. Amen? Amen? All right. Let's move on. Let's talk about why. Why should you and I show mercy? Some people need a lot of good reasons, all right? There are many reasons why, why we, you and I should show mercy. We'll just talk about a few of them. Here we are. Number one, number one. Show mercy because God is merciful towards you and me. Show mercy because God has been, is, and will be merciful towards you on an ongoing basis. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 says this. It says, but God, listen to this. Oh, it's beautiful. But God is so rich in mercy. God is rich in mercy. And he loved us so much. Wow. In Exodus 34, verse 6, the Lord refers to himself as the God of compassion and mercy. The God of compassion and mercy. Did you know that's how the Lord is? That's how Jesus is. In 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 14, David says this. He says, but let us fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is great. His mercy is great, says David. Psalm 103, verse 4 declares, He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercy. He crowns me with love and tender mercies. Wow. <laughs> Psalm 119, verse 156, the first part says, Lord, how great. How great is your mercy? <clears throat> How great is your mercy? Oh, you know, these verses shed some, some fresh light for me on, 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 on a chorus like, uh, <clears throat> like uh, you know, sometimes we, we sing, I, let's, let me see. I will sing of the mercy of the Lord forever. I will sing, I will sing, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. Sing it with me. With my mouth I will make known thy faithfulness, thy faithfulness 
with my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness through all generations. I will sing of the mercy of the Lord forever. I will sing of the mercy of the Lord. Well, some of you know that chorus and, and tune, and some of you might not. Anyway, anyway, show mercy, because God is merciful towards you and me. Then secondly, secondly, I'm giving you some reasons why you and I should on, on a regular basis show mercy. <clears throat> secondly, show mer showing mercy means you are becoming more like God. Yeah. Since God is full of mercy, you are becoming more like He wants you and me to be. Sometimes people say, I want to become more like God or more like Jesus, Pastor Nick. Begin to show more and more mercy. That's a part of His nature. Number three, some reasons why you and I should show mercy. Number three, be merciful because this is what God expects of us. Yes, he, he expects it of you and me. In Micah, in the Old Testament, Micah chapter 6, verse 8 says, And this is what He, the Lord, requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. This is what He, the Lord, requires of you. To do what is right, to love mercy, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That's number three. Number four, another reason for us to show mercy. Number four, you will be blessed you will be blessed for showing mercy. That's right. Matthew chapter 5, verse 7 says, Gospel of Matthew, God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Proverbs 11, verse 17, Your kindness will reward you. Isn't that beautiful? Number five reason for showing mercy. Number five, be merciful so that our Heavenly Father will forgive you for your sins. That's right. Be merciful so that your Heavenly Father will forgive you for your sins. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 14, Jesus says this. He says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Forgiveness is one way of expressing mercy. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? If you, forgive, if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wow. James chapter 3, verse 13 says... There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. Ooh, ouch! There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful 
when he judges you. Uh, sixth reason why you and I should show mercy is this. God will judge us if we don't show mercy. Yeah. Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35, tells us the parable of a man who was forgiven by the king of a huge debt. He was forgiven by the king of a huge debt that he owed. Then after he himself was forgiven, however, he went to someone who had owed him a much smaller amount compared to what he had just been forgiven of. And Matthew 18, verse 28 says this. It says, he grabbed him, he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. How do you like that? The guy that was just forgiven by, about, by a, a huge amount, a huge amount of money. He goes and grabs this other dear man and says, by the throat, and demanded instant payment. The story goes on and tells us how the king heard about what that man did. And he called him in. And verses 34, 35, or 34 say this, 33, 34 say, Hey, shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured, until he had paid his entire debt. What's that story teach us? It teaches us that God will judge us if we don't show mercy. Here's the seventh reason why you and I should show mercy. Reason number seven. I'm sure you could come up with more if we took more time. Number seven reason is being merciful helps you to overcome discouragement and depression. That's right. Being merciful helps us to overcome discouragement and depression. I like what Pastor Rick Warren says on this. He says, when you stop focusing on your pain and you start showing mercy to other people, it lifts your spirit. It produces happiness. How true that is. How true that is. And some of you, some of you could take a lot of time and give testimony to the fact of how, as you were merciful to different people in different ways at different times, you found yourself so much encouraged. You found your discouragement lifting and, and your depression lifting as you were a blessing and a help to someone through mercy. Well, I've just given you seven good reasons why you and I should constantly show mercy. May these reasons inspire us to do so. Right? Amen? James chapter 3, verse 17 says, Wisdom from above is full of mercy. That's right. Not just a little mercy. No. Wisdom from above, from God, is full of mercy. Are you full of mercy? Is there someone in your life that you especially need to show mercy? Is it your once-upon-a-time friend 
Is it perhaps your husband or wife that you need to show some mercy towards? Is it your son, daughter, father, mother, or co-worker, or neighbor? Or do you need to show mercy towards your brother or sister? Or you need, do you need to show mercy towards someone in the church, here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, or in the church that you normally attend? We've got viewers outside of Toronto and many other places. Is there someone you need to show mercy towards? A person who perhaps who hurt you emotionally, hurt you emotionally when you were a child or a teenager. Please remember, let us all remember how God has shown us so much mercy. In the Bible, in Titus chapter 3, verse 5, it says, he, that's God. God saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. God saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. Think about it. If as yet, if as yet you are not saved, saved from what? Saved from the consequences of your sins. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But we have been saved from the consequences of our sins. How? And why? Because Jesus, the Son of God, full of mercy, came to earth. And he died on the cross of Calvary to pay the price for your sins and mine. It was because of his mercy that he did that. It was because of his mercy, his great love and compassion for you and me, that Jesus was sacrificed on the cross. And now, as Titus 3, 5 says, He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. If you have experienced, if you have experienced the washing away of your sins and the new birth, and the new life through the Holy Spirit, then give God thanks and praise. If as yet you haven't experienced this, then I want you to pray with me this prayer. This prayer that is possible because of the mercy, the mercy of God. Would you pray this prayer? I'm going to keep my eyes open. But just pray simply with me, just line by line. Dear God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for, for your love 
your mercy that has reached out to me, that caused you to pay the price on the cross of Calvary. Lord, I want to receive the forgiveness of sins that you make possible. I, I thank you for your mercy, enabling me to be forgiven, enabling me to experience the truth of this Bible verse in Titus 3, 5. I'm saved not because of the righteous things I have done, but because of your mercy. Lord, thank you for washing away my sins, for giving me now, giving me a, a new birth. Give me now new life through the Holy Spirit. And I want to live my life filled with mercy, dedicated to you, always, always with a heart filled with thanksgiving for your precious mercy. And I want to express this mercy towards everyone in my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And amen. If you prayed that prayer, would you would you send us a note at rosewoodchurch.ca or give us a phone call at 416-298-9932. And we, we want to invite you to join a new Christians class that we have. We, or we'll help you in some other means. If that's not possible, we want to help you. If you're not as yet, if you're not as yet a part of a church family, we invite you to become a part of our Rosewood Church of the Nazarene family here in Scarborough, which is a part of Toronto, Canada. Or if you're listening out of province or out of outside of Toronto, if you'll let us know where you are, we'll try to help you find a Bible-believing church where you live. God bless you. And I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you to share this message with someone else. All of us need to learn more about mercy. I'm sure this is, has not been the perfect sermon, but I believe, I believe with God's help, I have shared with you some truth from God's Word that is important, that could make a difference in your life and in each life. So why don't you share this message with someone. Ask them to listen to it, to watch it, whatever is possible. God bless you. Stick with us. Continue to worship with us now through this song, and then I'll be right back with a closing thought. Amen.